And yes, hello indeed. Welcome back. It's another episode of the Junior Funners Podcast uh, with your two favorites, the Fun Boys. And uh, the Fun Boys and me, I'm Ollie, and it's uh, the other one, and he's Lawrence. Uh, fine mohawk to you all. Exactly, yes. Mohawk to everybody. Um, uh, welcome, welcome, brothers and sisters. If the, I, uh, surely there's no women that listen to this. Um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a podcast, unfortunately, about Arsenal. Uh, so uh, let's get into that, shall we? the uh, theme tune for the Arsenal News segment of the show. And uh, here's the main headline. We suck. Yeah. Big time suck. Suckeroonies. We are a bunch of suckeries suckers. Yeah. Yeah. A bunch of uh, uh, former US President Suckery Taylor. Trying to think of, are there any other famous Zacharies? Uh, Zach from uh, the Power Rangers. Yeah, Suck from the Power Rangers. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg. Mark Zuckerberg. The the Sucker Brothers that, uh, you know, made the airplane movies. Yeah. yeah, that's us, folks. Um, we fucking we fucking suck. It's 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 a very bad time to be an Arsenal fan because it is incredibly uh, bleak. I so rewind a little bit since we last recorded. Um, played in the Europa League um, against Molde, which I think we both predicted we'd do pretty well in. Yeah. Um, given um, we've you know we had an easy group in the Europa League. Let's face it, but we've done. Done well, four wins out of four. It was a convincing win, uh, three three nil in the end, I believe. Is that right? Yeah. Let me just. Uh, <clears throat> yep. I should have brought this up before the show. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, a very very good goal from the suspended uh, Nicolas Pepe, um, who we talked in depth about last week. But yeah, he scored a very very good goal um, and played very well in general throughout that match. I mean, he kind of bossed the the whole game really. Um, so that was. Promising, if kind of maybe a little, you know, a little late. Um, and then we also had goals from uh, Reese Nelson and a first ever goal um, on only his second appearance. I think, th- was it 36 seconds into his first ever appearance for Arsenal for uh, Falloran Balogun? Falloran Balogun? I, I thought his name was Florin. Balogun. Maybe. Florin. Maybe. I don't know. But was a, I, I thought it was Falloran. Flora, Flaren, that was Florin. the name of a, Florin Balogun. one of the hobbits in all the rings, wasn't it? Florin? Or was it one of the... Uh, I wouldn't know because I'm not a fucking nerd. Oh! I just took a victory sip of my beer um, after that fucking sick slam. Oh! Um, but uh, yeah, Balogun set up by Emil Smith-Rowe, who's another promising youngster. Um, so yeah, comprehensive win, 3-0, very convincing, played well throughout the throughout the match um took us a while to get going but it seems to have taken us a while to get go- every match we've done well in so far this season it seems to have taken us a while to get going but we got there in the end 3-0 uh three very good goals um a good team effort uh, and then we get back to the premier league this weekend just gone um 
where we were playing uh, Wolves. I cannot remember the predictions we made. Uh, well, I did say match, I did say two one to Arsenal, but yeah, ah. yeah, went far off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, they, those numbers were in there. Um, <laughs> it, it, things didn't start particularly well. I mean, four minutes in, um, there was a really quite horrific clash of heads. I mean, it, it sort of it sounded really awful just because it was in a you know completely empty stadium, and you just hear the echo of mm. two two skulls yeah. just fucking smashed together like that. It was uh, that was really bad. Um, so yeah, David Luiz and, and Raúl Jiménez having a, a really, uh, really horrible, unfortunate coming together and clashing their heads, um, which resulted in a, a, a ten-minute stoppage while they both received treatment. Um, Raúl Jiménez came off the worst. I mean, he had to go straight to hospital and was, you know, later it was uh, basically later diagnosed with a, a fractured skull. So, not sure how long. He'll be out for, but we do wish him a very speedy recovery because it did look yes. uh, very, very bad, um, the injury. Um, and yeah, I mean, that is a, just the, I mean, just the phrase fractured skull is such a horrible, uh, a, for me anyway, just conjures such a horrible image because I mean, like that's, you know, it's your skull. That's where your brain is, man. Like, that's, <laughs> you know, the, your, your brain's so soft and squishy. It's supposed mm-hmm. to be protected by the, the skull. You know, if the skull's broken, then the fuck? Yeah, yeah. Um, dangerous game football. You forget. Um, you know, I always worry. That's why I always, I always have that in the back of my head whenever there's a corner. Like, hope no one's gonna bash their brains together. Like, it's very dangerous corner. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you think about it. They're literally jumping yeah. up, and they could literally they're that far. Yeah, you, know, you can't see, but it's listeners. But they are literally yeah. millimeters. Away from whatever, yeah, and inches ball. away from each and other. I'm, just, I'm surprised this doesn't happen all the time in football. Like Jesus Christ. Yeah, I mean it's yeah the amount of uh, sort of, you know roughhousing, shall we call it, in the uh, you know in the penalty area for each corner. Everybody's everybody's right up close together, um, and yeah, the, everybody jumps up at the same time. In some cases, you've got players literally holding onto each other as they're jumping in midair, and it would be incredibly uh, easy for one of them to just uh, you know something to happen where they land awkwardly um or yeah they, they land awkwardly or that you know they're both going for the ball at the same time and they just smash each other in the face um and it, yeah that, that's that's it's yeah it's sort of it, it does put a lot of this stuff in perspective and, and that was a point that was sort of brought up um you know fairly uh, consistently following that match. I mean, you know, the idea of having an extra substitute. I mean, if the league isn't going to bring back the idea of having five substitutes in the Premiership anyway, just to, you know, protect the player's fitness, there ought to be an option for a fourth substitution in the case of head injuries, yes. like we saw on Sunday, um, to protect the players from, you know, things like concussion. I mean, David Louise, in this case, it seems it's. It's stupid. I mean, you know, based on the protocols they have in place at the moment, he was deemed fit to continue at least until half time, and then he was substituted. Um, but it just seemed like, uh, I mean, he he was bleeding through his bandages, yeah. like you, you know, his head, bandages wrapped around his head, which he was bleeding through. Like the bandage looked like the away kit, you know, that that white away kit with the kind of red marble streaking on it that they wear. Um, so, uh, yeah, it it it, it seems. 
no pun intended, like a no-brainer um, yes. to mm. introduce some sort of measure like that. Yes, that wasn't the only uh, horrific thing to happen in that game. Uh... Yeah, speaking of uh, bone-chilling disasters... Um... Speaking of wanting to bash my <laughs> skull and... Uh, yes. With... <laughs> Uh, yeah, the first half was pretty bad from an Arsenal point of view. I mean, I'm looking at the stats right here, courtesy of SoScore. Uh, you know, uh, well, the second half is even more embarrassing. I mean, he had less less possession in 44%, uh, but only two shots on target that whole game out of four. And, uh, yeah. Jesus. It's rather embarrassing. Yeah. And uh, the most damning, I think, statistic, and it's been show um Arteta in post match interviews talking about it that we had like ten crosses in the first half and only one was sort of uh, I assume that's the one where Gabriel scored the header one was uh, yeah comp- uh, uh, an accurate cross but in the second half is even more embarrassing because we have sixty seven percent possession uh, with nine total shots zero on target and uh, yeah and twenty five crosses with only two. Uh, complete. Yes. 8% yeah. completion. Great. Jesus. Great yeah, stuff. It's, it's, uh, it, it, it's as bad as it sounds, frankly. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, sometimes stats like that don't tell the whole story. I mean, you know, how, how many times do we talk about people on Twitter, you know, people on football Twitter using things that sound like stats, but are just sort of, you know, basically numbers that they've picked and choose yeah. to just, prove whatever weird point they're trying to make but um yeah i mean in that case it yeah the, the stats don't comp- I, the, the yeah the stats don't lie there it, it is it is as bad as it sounds it uh just to sort of recap um the uh because you sort of broken it down half by half uh, with the stats there uh wolves went one nil up um not long after uh play resumed um following the uh the stoppage for the, the Jimenez injury. Um, so that, yeah, they went one up through Pedro Neto. And then uh, about two and a half minutes later, as you said, Lawrence, the, the one successful cross that we had seemingly for the entire match um, managed to find uh, Gabriel in the box. Uh, very straightforward, just jumped higher than everyone else and uh, very, you know, just powerful header um, into the goal. Um, so that was it. That was, you know, that was one all. Um, things was looking as though we could maybe find a way into the game. Um, and then, yeah, not long after that, I mean, you know, on 42 minutes, which would have been just before halftime, except that, you know, halftime was, uh, didn't come until about 55 minutes into the game. Um, yeah, Wolves found a second through some very, uh, I don't know, just some very sleepy defending. Everybody seemed yeah. to be sort of stood still. Um, it was almost like they were expecting the game to be stopped for like an offside or a handball or something. I don't know. It, it, it just, it felt like they were just sort of expecting like some sort of VAR check or, or something to, to stop play. Um, and it didn't. And Wolves took advantage and scored and then went two one up. So uh, yeah. And then yeah, second half um, Wolves did their, did their duty. All they had to do was hang on to that lead and they did it. I mean, they came close to, you know, to, to, going even further ahead um, a couple of times. But um, yeah, we just, 
in terms of them defending their lead, we made it incredibly easy for them by just constantly. There's a lot of uh, backwards passing or sideways passing um, that seems to be. It seems to sort of come out of the fact that we, you know, we we're playing out from the back, you know. So there's which is, uh, you know, there's a time and place for it. I'm not gonna, I'm not going to say we shouldn't be doing it, um, but it seems to have uh, weirdly encouraged this whole thing of uh, kind of passing that you know the back four or the back three, whatever system is playing, and then the kind of the you know the two central midfielders just knock the ball to each other uh for very long like you know for, for for seemingly very long periods of the match without any real intent there's no sort of forward balls or attempts to press um upon the the opposition i mean in this case it was wolves but i've been i've noticed it for the last few matches in the league um so there's a lot of that and then when we do manage to get the ball out wide we've got some very capable wide players i mean you know we talk so often about you know how good uh, Saka is and Willian should be and how good Pepe is when he feels like it and then I mean, you've also got Tierney and Bellerin who are more than capable of you know getting getting way forward and putting balls in um, but yeah nobody seems to be able to cross very well I don't know what it is it just it, it, they cross the ball in and there's nobody there to meet the ball or if there is the ball is just very easily dealt with by whatever team is defending it um, and it just, yeah, I don't, I don't see any improvement. I, it, it's, it's just sort of, I don't feel, I don't feel confident when on the, 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 the very rare occasions that Arsenal do go forward now, it doesn't feel like even back in the Wenger days when they weren't playing well, um, you know, you'd still feel like if they were, if they were putting passes together in the final third, you'd feel like there'd be a, an end product of some kind even if we weren't going to win the match. I mean, I think of the, back on the number of games that we drew two all, where we were 2-0 up, you know, at least we were scoring goals. But now, the one thing that we're famous for, you know, the, 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 whole, the club's whole identity is, you know, attractive attacking football. And uh, yeah, yeah, we don't even have that anymore. So what the fuck? Like, it, I, did, I shouldn't do it to myself, but yeah, you look at how um, Venger Ball compilations that people put on YouTube, and it's just, man, it's so simple that it's like it's not even that like it's not complicated it's just a lot of triangle passes and one two passes or third man runs mm. these sorts of things that surely that surely Wenger left some kind of how to play Wenger ball book around somewhere yeah <laughs> yeah just i mean you know he, he's got a book out at the moment maybe there's something in there about it you know maybe the, I, arteta should read that i don't know it, it's, uh, but I mean, yeah, like the the only thing that seems to be left over from that style of play is, like you said, the triangle passes. But they're they're only doing we're only doing that deep yeah. in our own half between the defenders and the central midfielders. We're not doing that like out on the wings or anything, um, or you know, on like the center circle, for example, like you know, where you can suddenly someone can suddenly play a killer ball through. We're doing those triangles just deep in our own half. And um, yeah, just inviting pressure, which fairly often we end up crumbling under and make a mistake, and then concede a goal. Um, so yeah, very bleak time. Um, after that match finished, I was just um, 
yeah, just genuinely just quite bummed, just, you know, just sat on the sofa just thinking, like, I don't, I don't see it getting better than, I'm sure it will, I, I have to hope that it will, but I'm just like, I, I am getting a bit fed up of this now. Yeah. Are you Arteta out, or are you on the brink? I know I, I rather, I rather sort of, sort of semi facetiously said Arteta out online. I was like, yeah, I've bad enough. Arteta yeah. out, but you know, at the same time, yeah, he has only been here a year. But it's like, ooh, is it going to get any better? Like, is he going to find a, a, a Rika moment? Where he's like, I know how to play football. Uh, or is he just going to be like, we're just going to be like a Pulis team now, go crosses, long balls. <laughs> if what you said in that quote about like, I yeah, I mean, if I, we had I more don't... bodies in the box, it's pure maths. It will happen. Uh, <laughs> it's just, uh, but like, what does he mean by bodies? Because it's like, we, yeah. either, we either do that, have bodies in the box, and then we don't have, we don't play, we don't play our midfielders so deep. Uh mm. Or we keep doing that. I, yeah, I, I don't know. I, like, I, none of it's it could just be that whatever it is that he's trying is not coming off right now, and it it will you know it when it eventually comes together, it'll all look amazing. Um, that's entirely yeah. possible. Um, and I don't think it's a fluke that you know he you know we won the FA Cup and we mm. won the the Community Shield. Um, you know we beat United at Old Trafford. There's there it's. There's things there that clearly there you know there's 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 these little sort of nuggets um uh, that are there to kind of you know give hope I guess um I'm not Arteta out just yet I mean it, I think people lose sight of the fact that he's not he's not even been in the job a year yet. yeah I mean, you know we're a, we're a few weeks out from him being in the job for a year the entire you know and bear in mind during that year the world shut down for several months um. I mean that match against Wolves on Sunday was only his thirtieth match in the league. He's not even, you know, thirty-eight games in a league season. He's not even he's not even managed for an entire season's worth of games yet. Um, so I think I think people maybe lose sight of that a little bit. But um, yeah, I, I I still trust that he is he's building something. He's trying to imprint like an ethos. Um, but it's just we got to there. Like I said. In the past, when we weren't playing well, at least we were drawing matches. You know, we'd still get a point from a game where we were two nil up or three nil up, then ended up drawing for no reason. Um, but yeah, we're just we're losing game after game that on paper we should be winning uh, comfortably, and um, it's getting worrying yeah. um, because. You know, this season's it's rolling along quick. You know, we're almost. It's not going to be long before we're at the January transfer window. You know, more or less halfway through the season. And hmm. what are we actually going to be aiming for? Are we are we going to try and just claw our way into the Europa League again by the skin of our teeth again this season? I mean, it's looking like that. I, it would have been nice to push for a top four spot, um, but I feels increasingly like that ship has sailed. I mean, especially given that we're we're playing Spurs next. I mean, yeah. Good God, if we don't get a result in that match. Um, oh, God. What do, we, what do we do, man? What do we do? We just, we got to pick another team, I guess. We got to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We could take the easy way. I don't. Um, I don't know. Can I, 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 I was looking at um, the highlights and uh, Adama Traore is like, man, that guy. 
I'd love to have him in our Arsenal team. He's just like he the way he just fended yeah. off several of our players, took them all on. I mean, if, I mean, all the sort of goals the, sort yeah. of sprang from him in a sense, like his cross for the second goal. Yeah, I mean, it, and then it was his pass through. Well, yeah, but he's he's a great player to have. I wish, like, I wish we had a player like that who just could just hold off players and carry the ball forward. <laughs> Like everyone's a bit too small, and uh, yeah, I mean, it, he's he's great at uh, drawing fouls as well. I think there was there was a, at least a couple. I think Bellerin and Holding uh, both got booked later in the match for um, fouling him because that's the only way you can stop him. He's so powerful and he's so fast that if he gets the right side of you as a defender, you he's unstoppable. He's literally the only way you can stop him is to foul him and just take the hit of the yellow card um, and then hope that Wolves don't get something from the resulting free kick. Um, that's, yeah, that's the, he is, he's, he's more or less unplayable when he, when he gets into those positions. It would be nice to have, you know, Aubameyang is supposed to be that for us in theory. You know, he's got that yeah. explosive pace um, that when balls come through to him, he's able to kind of, you know, just get beyond everyone else and either play th- through someone else or take on, Keeper. I mean, there was a moment in that match where you know Rui Patricio um, took like a mistouch or something. Or was it a back pass? Basically, uh, Abamyang just stole the ball from Rui Patricio because he didn't pick the ball up. And it was like last season, you can tell like he wouldn't have hesitated. It would, you know, he would have taken maybe a touch to get it under control, just turn around and bang shot, and it would have you know been in the back of the net. But where the confidence is gone this season. He just, I don't know what he was doing. He just, he took way too many touches. Um, and then it gave Wolves just a chance to get back into the box and sort of set themselves up to, to defend it better. Um, you know, Roy Patricio got a chance to get back on his goal line. It, it just, th- there was that killer instinct was just completely gone. It was kind of sad to see. Yeah, I don't know. I'm still, I am, it comes. I feel now that maybe the Ozil thing is like affecting the team. That like, yeah. Not that I like. Oh, let's bring Ozil back, but it's like yeah. whether there's been a major falling out behind the scenes, and there's like been shouting or something, arguing or whatever, and you know whether that sort of seeped in, and the players are sort of like the 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 sort of optimism that we had back in like the summer of is sort of slightly mm. is, is uh is fading away and everyone's sort of like uh oh, you know arteta's sort of like yeah maybe maybe he's too demanding maybe he's like he's no fun yeah he's too strict yeah maybe he's not uh i don't know it's, it's felt like to me during all the summer that he was a bit more connecting with the players and you know, someone who yeah. they could talk to maybe, but I don't know whether he's like something happened with Urzel or Gwendozi, whether they were like some sort of influence in the dressing room mm. to an extent and uh, being sort of out- ousted, outed, what's the word I'm looking for? Car- cast out, if you will. Maybe they've sort yeah. of felt like, yeah. hey man, what are you doing? Man? I don't know. Um, uh, maybe he's... Uh, I don't know. It's uh Yeah, I mean it it's it's 
it's not inconceivable that that is, you know, that it, it's the entire sort of Urzil saga has left a, a cloud over the dressing room. You know, it could very well have left a sour taste in a lot of people's mouths um, in the squad. Um, I think you're right. You know, it, it's it's not it, it the the solution definitely is not to bring Urzil back. I mean, it, you know, yeah. we would be. I don't know how many times I've said it now, but we would be even worse off if he was uh, if he was playing in these games. Um, it, uh, yeah, he did just his you know his disappearing man act um, for you know for a, a lot of <laughs> important matches would just be a risk that we cannot be taking. Um, but um, yeah, man, I, I, it, we talked about you know. In January, maybe there's there's more players to come that can kind of galvanize the the team. Um, it would be nice to have someone like uh, Adama Traore, um, a, you know, a figure like that that you can kind of have a you know as a, a focal point for for attacking moves. Um, I mean, you know, we witnessed you know the what another uh, James Ward Prowse's uh, game against um, Man United was also kind of you know that was sort of, again it was sort of like oh man that's be nice to have a player like yeah. that. <laughs> be nice to have, you know, someone that's competent from set pieces, not just competent, but, you know, like genuinely a, a, like a consistent threat from set pieces. That'd be nice to have someone like that. It'd be nice to have a proper, someone who can actually take a corner maybe, but yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. You know, he'll end up going to like Chelsea in summer and we'll end up with like your genius. We'll end up with, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We can't get Ua. He or, uh, went yeah. to uh, For- Real Madrid or somewhere, and or Manchester City. Like they need enough creative midfielders at Manchester City. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I, it, I, this this upcoming match against Spurs is has the potential to be um, yeah. very very depressing. Um. I mean, before then, we've got we got Rapid Vienna. Or, uh, well, at the time of recording, that's coming up tomorrow. Um, you know, again, you expect that to to go well. Um, we are we're already qualified, aren't we? I think in the uh, in the group, yeah. I think we're we're through. Um, but um, you know, it'd be nice to keep that hundred percent record intact, um, winning all of our matches. Um, but yeah, once that's out of the way, we've got to play. We've got to we've got to go to the um, the. Uh, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and try and beat uh, top of the league Spurs. <laughs> um, so, oh yeah, I don't know if I want to curse the team by making any more predictions. I think uh, we're having too much of an effect on the on on the on the outcome of things. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll leave it up to uh, Arsenal. Prove us wrong. We'll leave it up to the uh, to the gods or God. Depending on what you believe, yeah, um, yeah, because um, we got yeah. I, I, I mean, we've mostly done pretty all right against Spurs in the past. I know towards the end of last season we, you know, fucked up and again gave away a lead. Uh, you know, with some basic, basic defensive mistakes. Um, but who knows? I mean, it, it yeah, it really could be. It really could be anything. We always we seem to enjoy playing against Spurs um, mm. and but then there's the Mourinho factor you know he's never I don't know what the stat is but it's something like uh, he's never never lost 
to Arsenal ever in his career ever, yeah. I think. Or Something like I don't that. know. That's what people talk about it mm. like. I know that's probably not true, but it certainly seems like he um yeah. Uh so yeah. Not gonna make a prediction on that because it's too sad. But um yeah. God, I don't know. I mean, there was a suggestion that we uh, we do a live stream on that episode, or that we we do a live yeah, episode of uh, sort of you know reacting to it as it's happening. But that would just be a very um, it'll be the first and last. Yeah, a lot of very disappointed sighing. Yeah, I mean, I like to do stuff to get my mind off the football when we're playing. So uh, I'm not sure I'd want to, you know, start. Uh, you know. F- I don't want to. I don't want Arsenal to ruin my weekend. Is what I'm saying. You know, I've I've had it for the last mm. month or so. Yeah, yeah, they've ruined enough uh, enough weekends. I feel. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. Um. Yeah. So that's that's and it's like looking at the fixtures coming up. It's like there's just there's no. If somebody really doesn't like the Arsenal. teams that we've lost against already. It's. Huh? Somebody really doesn't like us. All the fixtures we've had, we've had Man United. We've now we're going to have Spurs, and now we had Liverpool, Man City, and yeah, I mean, but it, yeah, but then the like other? yeah, like the the ones we got yeah. coming up, like in after after the Spurs match, we got Burnley, Southampton, Everton, and then uh, I guess well in the in the cup with the EFL Cup, we got Man City, then we got Chelsea, um, and then yeah, Brighton at the end of the month, and it's just like I don't know, like. Burnley, Saints, and Everton on paper, we should be winning those comfortably. But then again, it's like we should have been beating Villa, Leeds, and Wolves comfortably. So I, I, I don't know. I, I, I've just stopped expecting anything anymore. Yes, it's, it's almost like with when all the fans started saying Aubameyang should play up front, and then Arteta plays him up front, and now he's not scored in the two games he's played up front. So it's like it's almost like he's like. No one has no one has a right to complain anymore. You want to you can't play yeah. that wide, can't play that front, didn't score any goals. So, um, was was yeah? Is there some sort of it, deliberate sabotage going on? Is there like a? Uh, <laughs> I, I don't think we probably uh, you know we can put the tinfoil hat away. I think um, just at the moment, but. I mean, it, you know, it it shows that you know it, it being a you know a football manager is. Uh, there's a lot more to it than just playing yeah. football manager. You know, yeah. it, like fans being like, oh, you've got to play Aubameyang up front and then he'll start scoring again. And then, yeah. you know, lo and behold, he's up front and he hasn't scored in any of the two matches that he's played him up front. It's like, that. it's it's a lot more complicated than just always, you know, make this one tactical change. I'm going to move this player from this position to this position and then that's it. Everything, everyone else is going to start playing better because of that. Like sometimes you can, you know, a player can find their groove in a different position to what they what they were originally um you know where they were originally playing but it's not just like a it, it's not just like you're twisting some kind of magic key and everything suddenly everything starts working yeah it's not like on the video game you know where you are no you're with your your videoed games with your with your, with your fifas and your pez suckers but yeah it's not you know you get you can't just do career mode and buy Mbappe and Haaland because you've got some of the uh, free tokens off a dodgy website or whatever. Yeah, uh, 
I don't know what any of that means, but yeah. It's, it's what um, they do. I've seen like YouTube FIFA people. For, if you want f- cheap FIFA coins, you know, sign up for this. And FIFA coins. It's what apparently that they use. Like you know, like games have like in-game purchases and whatnot. And yeah, yeah, of course. So yeah. basically, pay the, if you want to get better so at the game, you got to pay. Yeah. Damn, that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. No wonder uh, idiots love to play FIFA. Yeah. Um, That's why I don't play FIFA. Yeah. Yeah, that sucks. Um. Looks like so as we're recording this, it's uh, you know it's it's Champions League night. Um, Chelsea winning against uh, Sevilla. Um, our boy Olivier Giroud once again scored for them. Um, and then uh, Man United and PSG is one all. Um, Man United, I don't think have got a penalty yet, so that'll probably be coming later. Um, looks like yeah, Neymar scored first, and then Rashford uh, got a goal for them. So, what's um, what's with these Uruguayans? Yeah, stand by for their their penalty. <laughs> what's with these Uruguayan uh, centre forwards? Post to do big, supposedly racist like Cavani and but Suarez. Yeah, and now Cavani. <laughs> what's that all about? What's with these Uruguayans? <laughs> yeah, what? Yeah, Uruguayans be uh, be be racist. Um, yeah, I, I don't know, man. Yeah, that that was weird. Um, I think in Cavani's case, it was just sort of like a like a colloquialism um, that I think has racist connotations. I don't think because I mean, I'm not you know not defending Cavani saying something potentially racist. I just mean in the context of what Luis Suarez did. Luis Suarez literally uh, called Patrice Evra the N word. Like you know he <laughs> like you know there's no there's no like amb- ambiguity there. Like he. Uh, was being racist at Patrice Evra. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think it's... Um, I don't think it, it's not necessarily like a, a one-to-one thing. Although, speaking of... I suppose that's that's another big story uh, this week. Is You know, the, um, I haven't watched it yet, but the Anton Ferdinand documentary about um, his uh, his experiences with racism, racism in football, particularly the, um, the uh, whole um, case... Uh, with the the court case and the uh, you know the FA subsequent FA ban um, of John Terry um, racially abusing him um, in a match, um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I for one am shocked that uh, John Terry is uh, <laughs> could, yeah. could be a, 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 a racist. I mean, he always seemed like such a nice guy. Yeah, I'm. I was. I, I mean, I didn't see it, but I was completely. Uh, Got uh, shocked and appalled. Are you, you're zero to me. And yeah, you're zero I'm shook. To me. Yeah, he always. You just say <laughs> that word. He's, he's a legend, mate. He's a ch- yeah. ch- England best centre defender in, in English history. Captain Leader Legend. Bobby Moore. Captain Leader Legend. Legend class. Class. Class up. legend leader. Football, simple as simple as. Um, <laughs> end of. Um, end of yeah. Mate. So yeah, John. I mean, you know, we've we've talked on quite a few episodes about the the various uh, facets of um, John Terry's uh, fuckery. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, again, this isn't anything new. This was the actual incident occurred nine years ago. But I think what's uh, you know. What's so classically John Terry about it is that he refused to participate or comment 
uh, participate in or comment on the uh, the documentary that, that Anton Ferdinand was making, um, stating that he doesn't want to go over something that was resolved in a court case uh, previously. The court ca- the result of the court case, of course, was that he was found not guilty. Um, again, the FA uh, found him guilty enough to ban him for however many matches it was and fine him. Um, but yeah, in a court of law, obviously it's much more difficult to prove something like that um, in a in a legal uh, in a legal setting. Um, so yeah, so because he was found not guilty, um, he doesn't want to go over that again and risk, I suppose, risk having the case <laughs> reopened and having to go to court again. Um, so yeah, yeah, like I said, classic John Terry there. JT, JT. Oh God! Just the absolute, like you know, in any given situation, whatever the whatever the most scumbag move is, that's the that's the John Terry way. Whether it's running a photographer's over with your car, or um, yeah, oh. uh, having an affair with your co-worker's wife, uh, uh, having a mutiny in the England camp at. The World Cup in 2010 because your mate's not getting yep. picked. Uh, what is it? Is it something about John yep. Terry? I was going to talk about. I completely forgotten now. Oh man, it's so annoying. It was a um, something he did that I was going to bring up. That weird little um, self-congratulatory guard of honour that he arranged for himself in his last game at Chelsea. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, this is all stuff we've we've talked about before. But yeah, so big fucks to, to John Terry. Um and I suppose well, we talked about the uh the, the tragedy of being an Arsenal fan currently. Speaking of uh tragedy, uh just you know, in the world of football, um we lost uh, Diego Maradona uh last week. Uh one of the uh one of the all-time greats. I mean, I think it's pretty much universally agreed. He's probably the best, uh, the best ever to play the sport. I mean, I, yeah. I you can't really. It, it's, it's it's difficult to think, you know, in terms of how far the sports come and whatever. But um, I mean, yeah, it, uh, truly a, a once-in-a-lifetime talent, an absolute freak of nature. Um, so, yeah, shame to to lose him. I mean, I was, I was astounded if learned that he was only 60 um because <laughs> I, I mean he he lived hard and um it it showed um at least in his you know final years i mean he looked pretty terrible um but uh yeah i mean what a life a complicated man i think we can say you know is uh, a a checkered past not dissimilar to uh, to our friend john terry i think he's been accused of uh multiple times of uh you know domestic abuse and things like that but um yeah i mean a uh, a a dedicated socialist uh you know who's friends with um friends with fidel castro and uh told the pope off for hoarding wealth which is pretty cool like there's that story about him visiting the vatican and uh pope john paul said something to the effect of uh every, you know People should give what they have to people that are less fortunate. And uh, he said something like, um, "Your ceiling's covered in gold. Why don't you sell your ceiling, amigo?" Um, so it's uh, yeah. I mean, that's that's a pretty good fuck you to the uh, to the church and the Vatican. I mean, because that is, but that having been to you know 
St. Peter's Basilica in the Vatican. Um, I thought exactly the same thing when I went there. You know, it's just this giant fucking uh, art gallery, basically, filled with priceless artifacts and artworks, all these sculptures and paintings and statues and stuff. Um, and yeah, everything's covered in gold and marble, and it's just like, yeah, yeah, you gotta. Everyone else has to give up what they have to uh, help the less fortunate, except uh, all of this stuff because God wants us to have it. So yeah, um, so yeah, Diego Maradona called uh, called that out, which is pretty funny. Um, and that you know, there's, I mean, there's just loads of stories of him. I mean, well, there's, there's literally a video of him uh, snorting uh, a line of coke on the field an exhibition match um in the 90s i think um which uh yeah that's that's pretty fun i mean you know what a character you know you don't get that anymore you know yeah no you don't um anyways right what to say about maradona he's uh you know you got to uh respect his uh his uh his uh is bombacity is that the word bombast um uh i don't think it is a word but it's I, I, I like it bombacity and uh yeah i mean to be fair england team was uh, was asking for it because they were so shit that game <laughs> like they just i mean that yeah. like, <laughs> that, <laughs> that one goal i think it was peter reed it was just he's just watching he's not he's admiring he's not good you know, you could have easily have laid yeah. laid in on him, but you didn't. You just you just let him. You deserve it. I you know, no sympathy for this England team. I've had it. You know, I think yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's and again, that's sort of just a such a brazen fucking th- like it's it's not even close. If you watch that goal, um, it like it's it's not even. Uh, it's not even subtle. Like he is, he just fully punches the ball into the goal. Like yeah. it is, you know, even with like, even with like video technology being what it was back then in the early eighties, it's, it's still just perfectly obvious that, uh, yeah, he just handled the ball into the net. Um, to be honest though, I mean, he was again, you know, such a good player that even if that goal had been disallowed, he probably would have won the game for them anyway, because like you said, that England team were pretty shit and he is the best player of all time. So it's like, you know, if England didn't lose to that embarrassing goal, he would have embarrassed them another way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and it's, 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 it, it, it's genius in many ways. It's just, it is just the, the true sign of someone who's a genius. It's just like how only that man could get away with it. Just, the, yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it's just the 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 gall, the gall, the brazenness to just basically to basically slam dunk the ball into the goal yeah. <laughs> um, is yeah. I mean, nobody else could have thought to do that. Um, that's some real. That's some real Kanye shit. I think that's. I think that's that's actually a pretty good um, comparison, isn't it? I think that uh, if we if we're sort of comparing um, mad, you know, mad troubles. Geniuses. Troubled souls. Troubled geniuses. Yeah, yeah, I think Diego Maradona is probably the uh, yeah the the Kanye of football, <laughs> or vice versa. Maybe Kanye is the Maradona of uh, of music. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm just looking at his Wikipedia article here. I mean, under the section uh, headed "Drug Abuse and Health Problems," from the mid 1980s until 2004, Maradona was addicted to cocaine, which is like all of his playing career. That is, that's his. <laughs> 
yeah pretty much his entire career um addicted to coke i mean i remember reading a story about he used to carry a uh, a fake penis filled with <laughs> urine around with him so that he could cheat on yeah. drug tests um yeah, so if he had to give like a random urine sample or whatever, he'd just yeah, he'd pull out this yeah. fake uh mm-hmm. fake dick and just yeah, squeeze the the piss out of it and then he could carry on uh doing as much blow as he wanted. He wanted to play for Arsenal apparently, but the uh league blocked the move supposedly. Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah, I read that. Yeah. I mean, there's lots of photos of him chilling in the Arsenal dressing room with all the players and stuff. Um I mean, I, th- I feel like every every football club of Arsenal stature probably has a bunch of photos like that, you know, from the last 20 or 30 years. But yeah, that's cool. Um, I think uh, I think it's wrong to compare Messi with Maradona because Messi isn't like crazy enough. Messi's, yes, he's a fine player. I think, but yeah. Messi seems fairly normal. He's not like a crazy, bombastic, drug out of... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Messi is not the. Uh, and I hate this. I hate this expression, but he's not the rock star footballer no. that, that Maradona is. You know, it, it's it. it I, he's not. Um, I don't, yeah, Messi wouldn't have the vision to just handle uh, the ball into the net in the way that Maradona did, <laughs> um, or you know, be addicted to cocaine for twenty straight years throughout his entire play. That's that's the other thing as well. It would be like you know. I know Messi sort of came to prominence as a, a very young man in, in a similar way to Maradona did, but it's just like, you know, Messi would have to have been high off of his tits on coke this entire time to, to get close to, to Maradona. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's have a look. Um, yeah, just, uh, yeah, like I said, just skimming the, uh, the, the Maradona wiki. Um, Again, under drug abuse and health problems, he had a tendency to put on weight and increasingly suffered from obesity, at one point weighing 280 pounds, which is 130 kilos. Um, He had a gastric bypass surgery uh, in 2005, uh, went on a liquid diet. I mean, well, that's the other thing is even though though he stopped taking coke, apparently he was – even now at age 60, he had a – he had like a blood clot removed from his brain, didn't he, earlier – yeah. Uh, in the month. And then after he recovered from that, he was scheduled to undergo treatment for alcohol dependency. So he was still, he was still fucking on it. You know, he was still, uh, still wedded to the sesh, you know, yeah. he was, uh, um, was at the world cup a couple of years ago and they kept cutting to him. He was yeah. clearly on something. <laughs> he was just yeah. off it. Yeah. He just, yeah. Fucking, just flipping, flipping everybody off. Like he's just flipping the middle fingers to everybody. Um, just jumping up and down, shouting, trying to climb over the barrier. And then there's that photo of him, like hooked up to an oxygen mask um, in the tunnel after the game. Yeah, I think he bit. Yeah, <laughs> didn't he have to be taken to hospital after the? Yeah, it was one of them. I think he may have been against like Nigeria, Arge- yeah. Argentina playing like Nigeria or something, and he had to like go to hospital after the game because, yeah. <laughs> Oh, here we go. Yeah, during the 2018 World Cup match between Argentina and Nigeria, Maradona was shown on television cameras behaving extremely erratically with an abundance of white residue visible on the glass in front of his seat in the stands. The smudges <laughs> the smudges could have been fingerprints, and he later blamed his behavior on consuming lots of wine. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, I mean, yeah. 
like you said, clearly on something. I mean, he could have just been tanked up out of his mind on booze. Um, that's you know, that's just as likely as him having gone back on the it was, back on the coke. Um, it was hilarious yeah. when he was manager of Argentina. He was just <laughs> it was more, he was more or less the cheerleader, really. It was just like he almost felt like he wanted yeah, to didn't come he on also, himself. Like, <laughs> but it was like, yeah, yeah. And he didn't he like um he uh he used like an insane amu- like number of players as well didn't he like from like throughout their qualifying games I think he used something like thirty thirty two players or something yeah um, in total like it it there was no kind of there was very little consistency with like in terms of the starting eleven he just he just loved everybody like, just wanted to yeah <laughs> just he's gonna crab wanted to use every player he was gonna crab Messi Aguero. And Higuain, back when Higuain was good, sort of, in because uh, they were all still young at the time. Yeah. So it was just to crown them all in to the same team. So it was sort of like a weird lopsided diamond four for two thing, I think. Sort of. So there was in that Germany game, mm. there was nobody tracking like fullbacks, so they had all that time to like just anyway. Yeah. Uh, um, but is is it? Yeah. It's like under under political views. It's like he didn't. Sorry, he, didn't he didn't do. Uh, he didn't do the uh, boring defensive approach. It's just, it's just, he just went balls. Let's just go cram as many good players as we can to this team. See what we can do. That's how football yeah. should be done. No holes barred. That's, yeah, that's that's FIFA. That's that's FIFA career mode. Yeah. You just cram as many good players as you can. Just you know, just going to have nine attacking midfielders and one forward. Um. <laughs> Yeah, so under political views, I mean, yeah, Maradona showed sympathy to left-wing ideologies. Um, there's lots of stuff is that, yeah, he supported an independent Palestinian state, um, became friends with Cuban leader Fidel Castro, had a tattoo of uh, Castro and Che Guevara. Um, he uh, <laughs> protested the he protested the war in Iraq, and uh, I think when, yeah, when George W. Bush came to Argentina, he wore a T-shirt saying "Stop Bush," uh, with the S's, <laughs> with the S in Bush being replaced by a swastika. Wow! Um, and referred to Bush as human garbage. Fucking legend. Um, yeah, yeah. By twenty, uh, by two thousand eight, Maradona had adopted a more pro-U.S. attitude. Expressed admiration for Bush's successor, Barack Obama. Um, yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. I don't know. Um. Yeah. I don't know. It's, people will call us cucks because uh, complimenting uh, the enemy. How dare you? Yeah. That that commie, that famous commie Maradona. But I mean, it's it's Maradona. I mean, you know, it's like. All of those same people will be talking about how cool Maradona is. So it's like, you know, which one is it? Yeah, there'll never be a, there'll never be a player like him. It was very depressing. Uh. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's yeah, sad to have a you know such a giant figure. No pun intended, because he's a pretty heavy fi- heavy fella. But um, yeah, to have such a giant figure of the game um, no longer around. You know, it it was funny every World Cup seeing him, like we were just saying, you know, uh, overreacting either on the touchline as a manager or in the crowd to everything that was going on. Um, 
So yeah, it's 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 gonna it's gonna suck not having him around anymore. There there truly isn't anybody else. I mean, like because it, it's not even like I suppose Gaza maybe at one point was kind of like yeah. Maradona, but now Gaza's just kind of sad. Like the fact you know the fact he's just constantly in and out of rehab and stuff, and doesn't seem to be able to get you know work anywhere. Um, yeah, the whole Gaza thing is just kind of sad at this point. Um, but yeah, whereas Maradona was always kind of in the public eye and just um, <laughs> just pushing his body to the absolute limit um, in terms of how many, you know, how much drugs and alcohol he could consume. Um, so we we salute Diego Maradona. We salute you as the Junior Funners Pimp of the Week. <laughs> yeah, the uh, Hall of Fame, the Junior Funners Hall of Fame. Uh, nice. Yeah, the Junior Funners Real Ass Dude Hall of Fame. The the uh, the, the Dudes Rock Hall of Fame. The yeah. <laughs> the Dudes Who the Rock dudes the rock Most. Museum. The Dudes Who Rock the Most. The t- <laughs> yeah, that's uh yeah, so Maradona, you're uh, you're in there, man. You're in there, buddy, and uh, everybody listening, pour one out for the legend. Um Diego. Never Never will we see his like again, unfortunately. Um, okay, was there any other football stuff? Any other, any other, you know, football news to talk about? I think we we talked last week about you know fans coming back to the stadiums. Looks as though that's going ahead later this month. Um, yes, um, there's nothing else, I'm is there? Going to, uh, I've done it again, listeners. I've uh, forgot some. I forgot to check the news. I only looked at Arsenal. Um, Yes, just basically be a, a fans return to English football after 266 days. That, that's a that's an article on the BBC. Oh, uh, I've just noticed uh, injured Kane to miss Spurs. Uh, L- Kane is injured. Oh 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 oh! Don't tempt fate. <laughs> that's what I was literally just about to say. Yes, that's that's oh, what I'm I was that's what I was oh. in the saying. Um, Harry Kane, yep, he will. Uh, yeah, miss the, the Europa League match tomorrow, but he's tipped to be fit for Sunday. So mm. hopefully that's not true. Mm. I mean, hopefully it's uh, hopes up here. It would be nice if he he doesn't start the match, comes on as a sub for uh, for Spurs in that Europa League game aggravates the injury and then is out for even longer. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's, you know, bad news for England, but, you know, Arsenal Arsenal need this uh, yeah. more than England does, I think, at the moment. So, um, Jose Mourinho says, I'm not going to tell you the nature of his injury. Oh, okay. So it's definitely real then. Okay. Well, uh, <laughs> oh, he's not, doing so he's, little mind He's not even games. injured then. He's doing Yeah, so he's not. It, okay. So that's yeah. that's a big fucking pile of nothing then, isn't it? He's not even injured. Fake news. Fuck you, Fucking Mourinho. Cunt. <laughs> All the yeah. Mourinho simps out there can do one. Yeah. It, I mean, you know, it, I mean, they'll they'll come around when, you know, when it, when it happens, it being Spurs yeah. bottling it. I mean, even with, even with Mourinho, it's Spurs have literally been in this position before. I feel like they've been top or thereabouts yeah. around about this time of the season, like leading up to Christmas. And it's Spurs; they always, always, always fuck it up. So nothing is different this time. It's all there, and it's it's all ready to 
it's all ready to fall the second that Harry Kane does get an actual injury. Because um, the rest of that squad, like we said last week, there's I don't, the quality in that squad is not a championship winning squad. There's no way. Um, outside of Kane and Son. So, it, yeah, it's it's only a matter of time. Um, other than that, in the Champions League, half-time between uh, uh, Man United and PSG, still 1-1 there, and uh, Chelsea still 1-0 up against Sevilla. Uh, once again, that's not news, because uh, by the time this comes out, that will have already happened, and it would be interesting to know one. But, you know, it's just a little, this is a little snapshot in time, you know, little uh, little... Uh, Slice of life for you. Little time capsule of what's going on as we record this. So, yes. leave us alone. Well, uh, it's Christmas time, you know, I, I feel a bit more um, generous. You can come talk to me for a bit if you want, just don't annoy me. Yeah, all right. Um, way to make, make me look like the bad guy. Um, but uh, seriously, is, is there any, there's nothing else football-wise we've got to, we, we have to cover at the moment, is there? Not from what I can see, just usual nonsense, really. Rumors. Oh, the one thing trans- I did see blah, blah, blah. in the in the in the 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 gossip column earlier this week is that um, apparently Arsenal are. Uh, I, I can't remember how it was phrased. They're willing to listen to offers for Pepe, uh, or that you know they're 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 interested in un- unloading him uh, or offloading him in the uh, in the January transfer window. Um, Again, you know, don't know to what extent that's just tabloid nonsense, but um, yeah, well, it was um, only a matter of time before that so- that sort of thing started yeah. cropping up. You feel? I, I'd be very sad if it happened because I'm I'm here trying to defend a guy, and I I didn't say, uh, but I retract. Uh, I, I think what Pepe headbutting a Leeds player, a literally who Leeds player. I mean, it's that makes me like him even more. Actually, I. I <laughs> Uh, yeah <laughs> who cares i mean this on paper leads. yes if if we if we <laughs> if we'd won the match yeah if we won the match it'd be a different story yeah. i think we would be praising him but unfortunately um, yeah. but it yeah going down to 10 men uh less than an hour into the match at nil nil uh did cost us um yeah. so it was yeah uh, unfortunately unfortunately he has to stay in his room and we have to be mad at him for a while yeah but uh yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so we'll take a uh, swift break and uh, come back and talk about some other bullshit. And we're back. Um, so we're now into December. It's coming to the end of the year uh, somehow. <laughs> and. Um, you know what that means, folks? That's right. It's uh, Spotify wrapped time. So everybody's got to talk about and compare their uh, their Spotify listening habits for the, the previous year, even though the year isn't finished yet. And there's a whole, a whole month of streaming uh, ahead of us. But uh, nevertheless, um, yeah, I think most people have, would have got their, their, their stats uh, in the last uh, few days. And me and Lawrence are no exception. So, uh, Lawrence, let's let's get into it. Um, were there any any surprises for you amongst any of the uh, the figures you were presented with? Well, um, I'm trying to f- find the thing. Where's it gone? Oh, here we go. Right here we go. Uh, 
it's I was a bit surprised to um see other other people's actually I will start with other people's because uh, I think I think our podcast has a slight uh, influence on people's uh, what they've been listening to. I noticed one or two people have been listening to Korang Bin, which is something I recommended uh, on the podcast. I remember and parcels. I think I saw one or two people listening to parcels. I you're welcome. You're welcome. Oh really? Uh, uh, <laughs> I didn't notice that. That's uh, that's cool. You're, you're, I, I, I don't know whether they just happened to find the band themselves. Probably, you know. But if if it was me who who recommended, nah, you're welcome. It's your. You're a you're a you're a maven. You're ahead of yeah. the curb. You're a trendsetter. I I am. I am. But for me, my I don't. I haven't really used Spotify because I've only just got a fancy new. Uh, Android tablet thingamajiggy. So my uh, my stats aren't particularly great because I've only got like a 378 minutes total of Spotify because I've barely used it this whole year. Oh, wow. I mean, I haven't like... Yeah. I'm not like the hugest Spotify fan in general, but... Um, I, um, but Yeah, I mean, that's that's the other thing. It's like I, I, that sort of sticks in my mind when I see everybody sharing all these stats and everything and it's just like, you know... Like I, you listened for, you know, 10,000 minutes or whatever, and it's just like, man. So each of the artists that you listen to during those 10,000 minutes probably got paid, I don't know, 25% of a yeah. penny for, for those listens. Like, it's kind of, it's it's depressing. But my, my, my top five kind of not particularly interesting is just Bibio, James Taylor, and Doobie Brothers. I mean... You know, Pages and Lima. I mean, these are all groups that I've somewhat, apart from James Taylor and Doobie Brothers, that I've talked about in cultural operations. It's like this is all stuff that my my uh, Spotify is kind of just a, a an anomaly, I would say, just sort of because it's not usually where I go for my music listening. So it's it's not accurate, you'd say. Like, yeah, it's you not know, accurate those, those at all. And, um, in my library, where I like songs is things like uh well Alison Krauss, Super Tramp, Focus, <laughs> bands mm. a band called Marine Dreams. Chick-crap. There's Kurt Vile. I haven't recommended Kurt Vile. I, I keep forgetting to recommend Kurt yeah. Vile. He's pretty good. Uh things like yeah, L- pussy shit. L C D Sound System, CKY. <laughs> okay, that, well, that good. one song. Uh yeah, it's a lot of soft boy crap, as Ollie would probably call it, but I like it. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> no, that's that's good. I mean, Alison Krauss is great. I'm, I'm, amazed, great. I'm amazed that Tame Impala didn't turn up, because I remember listening to the album on Spotify for a bit. I didn't listen to it as fully as I did on, on the YouTube, or now that I have the CD, but I would have, I was amazed that Tame Impala didn't turn yeah, up. Yeah, I'm... Anyway... I'm surprised Tame Impala don't feature more heavily in mine as well. Um, to be honest, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, I was sort of taken aback a little bit by by mine. I mean, it it, it was uh, a shock to learn that I am <laughs> I'm in the top one percent of listeners of Van Halen for 2020, um, which I'm quite honoured uh, about. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I went, I did go through quite a big uh, Van Halen phase um, around about the time that Eddie Van Halen passed away. I mean, you know, I'd, I'd listened to 
Van Halen here and there beforehand. But yeah, I really kind of went, I really went ham on those, um, those David Lee Roth albums, uh, the, the, the first six Van Halen records that David Lee Roth is on. Um, I did, I did really kind of rinse those, um, uh, for a, you did it to get back at Billie Eilish. Six weeks, two months or so. You did it to get back at Billy. Uh, yeah, exactly. For, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you, you haven't heard of Van Halen. Well, I'll show you. Uh, oh my God, you don't know Van Halen. Oh my, my God. God. What are you, like 12? Uh, yes, she literally is 12. <laughs> but then uh, all the rest of my top five are all hip hop. So it's sort of like, I don't know. Um, yeah. Uh, it, I, is, is it. It's either the I can't figure out if it's like genuinely weird to have that. You know, Van Halen is my number one artist for the year and then four other hip hop acts, or if it's is that insanely typical white guy shit to yeah. listen to a bunch of hip hop but then have one I listened to <laughs> like some, one classic rock act that you listen to the most. Like well, I didn't listen to a whole lot of rap, but I had like Kanye West and um Tyler the Creator. Like and I didn't turn. No, they call him the Maradona of hip hop. Yeah, I'm I'm amazed that I listen to Kanye a lot on when I have used Spotify, Mm. and I I was surprised I didn't turn up either. I was thinking it would be I I said to myself I it's going to be Tame Impala, Kanye West, uh, maybe Nick Drake, and didn't turn up in any of those. Anyway, Mm. there's something going on there. They're skewing the numbers. Yeah, my my top five is is rounded out. Yeah. There's some, yeah. There's some some illegal uh, ballots, I think, in the uh, in the Spotify Total stats. rigged system. Stop the count and uh, totally rigged. Totally rigged. Um, yeah, rounding up my top five, I got uh, Run the Jewels at number two, um, DJ Shadow at number three, which I'm genuinely surprised by. I have a feeling that <laughs> a big part of that is is because DJ Shadow released a double album. I want to say towards the end of last year. I'm pretty sure I recommended it as on uh, cultural appropriation um, whenever it did come out. And um, just the, you know, if I've maybe, you know, if I've listened through to that album twice this year, that's like 40 DJ Shadow songs. <laughs> so I think it, 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 it might be just, to, to, just the sheer volume of material on that last DJ Shadow album. Um, you know, if I've re-listened to that once or twice this year, it would inflate my stats somewhat. Um, number four is Thundercat, which I I thought would be higher. Um, I, I I did listen. I've listened to his his new album that came out this year quite a lot. And then number five, the Beastie Boys, um, which again I'm I'm surprised by. I know that I similarly to Van Halen, I went through a phase of I, I was listening to a lot of Elton John um, after I watched Rocket Man earlier this year. I was expecting there to be Elton John in that top five. Um, and again, you know, similar to you, yeah, listen, yeah, Tyler, the creator, I listened to a lot. Pusha T, I listened to quite a lot. Um, yeah, I, I, I thought, uh, yeah, I thought, um, I, yeah, I, I wouldn't have expected to see the Beastie Boys in the top five. Top 10, probably, but top five uh, was, uh, was a bit of a shock to me, but a pleasant shock. I mean, who doesn't love the Beastie Boys? There's no, no bad time to listen to the Beastie Boys. Um, in terms of top songs, what did you, what, sorry, what did you have as your, your number one song of the year? Uh, what a Fool Believes by uh, Doobie Brothers. Oh, man. I mean, what a song. I mean, you know, if you're going to have one song for, you know, the year of our Lord 2020, what a song. Yeah, I do, I do like that song. I think Fucking that, slaps. I think I will 
I think that song has been my song of the year. I would say I've been obsessed with it from a musical, uh, yeah, reading tabs perspective and just trying to learn it. It's great. Uh, yeah, it's, it's one of those yeah, songs that's just uh, a, t- a timeless classic. It really is. It's quite funny. It's a staple of the uh, you know when I back in the uh, back in the before times um, before you know everything locked down uh when i would dj from time to time um one of the nights i dj'd was a like a dad rock themed night and that was that was an absolute staple couldn't do the night without without playing that at some point you know what a fool believes that's an absolute uh ironclad ironclad 24 karat classic yeah it is and um it's really funny there's a video of the guy michael mcdonald i think his name he when he went just solo and uh He's on Jules Holland, and he's playing the song. It's quite funny. He's like, when he sings live, he barely one of these singers you can barely hear and um, hear what he's saying. Kind of like, uh, I know he's. Been, oh yeah, yeah, he's got a real. Kind of like, yeah. <laughs> like a Eddie Vedder or a. <laughs> or dare I say, he's been in the news for the wrong reasons. A Van Morrison, and when he's ever sings live, he's oh, sort boy. of. I mean, I, I like I I grew up yeah, with I a mean, lot of Van Morrison. It's a shame. That it's like ah, oh, well, the new. It's a shame that he I, fucking I, sucks ass now. I've got loads of his records, seventies, eighties records. I love Van Morrison, but in that for as a as a is it music, it's a shame. Never mind. And um, um, yeah, one of those types it's, of singers I mean, who I think the the barely understand what he's saying live. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I mean, there's a <laughs> there's a fa- fantastic example of that that um, I was made aware of. That it, it, there was that there was that big like uh, like Zoom concert earlier this year, wasn't there? Like a charity thing that was like live streamed, where it was like you know Lady Gaga was like performing in her house and uh, the Killers, and you know, there's all these sort of people just doing like these basically, you know. Um, solo performances uh, to raise awareness. I don't know, whatever, whatever it was. Um, and Elton John did uh, uh, "I'm Still Standing" in his back garden. And um, boy, oh boy, yeah, that is. Uh, you want to talk about singers that you can't understand a word they're saying? I don't know if he's just used to performing in like arenas where it doesn't really matter if he's not singing the words because you know he's got. 20,000 people singing it for him. But um that is some real like it doesn't even it doesn't even look real. It it looks like someone's dubbed it as like you know like a like for like a comedy sketch or something. But it it's it's 100% real. You know, it's it just like just uh yeah, really kind of just Singing from the chest without opening his mouth properly—it's just really, really bizarre um, uh, way. This of, isn't like uh, I, I may ups- performing the song. I may be controversial. It's not, it's not anything to do with like um, he hasn't had like uh, plastic surgery or anything, has he? Or he hasn't had. I mean, well, no, because he he introduces the song um, perfectly normally. Like he talks to the camera and says, like you know, it's really important that we do all we can to support the NHS at this time, whatever, whatever, blah, blah. Yeah. But, you know, he gives this little earnest speech to the camera and he sounds 
perfectly fine. You know, he just he sounds just like a normal guy. And then he just launches into this version of I'm Still Standing where it's like it's like Vic Reeves from Shooting Stars <laughs> when he's doing stuff in the club style. You know? <laughs> I love that. Like it's, it, I mean, it's, it's like one degree <laughs> away from that. It's fucking bizarre. I'm gonna watch Shooting Stars. I'm gonna watch it all back. I'm gonna find it all. Man, I love it. So good. So good. Um, I, I mean, <laughs> all of my all of my top five songs are just from like two artists. It, like you know. Three of them are Van Halen and two of them are Run the Jewels. So it's like, it's kind of like, you know, I would have liked like kind of more variety there, I guess. Number one is Unchained, which is fucking uh, probably the best song ever. Probably the best guitar song ever made, I'd say. Unchained by Van Halen. That fucking rules. Um, And then, yeah, Ooh La La by uh, Run the Jewels featuring Greg Nice and uh, DJ Premier. Um, Yankee and the Brave again by Run the Jewels. That's the the first track on Run the Jewels four. Then I've got Hot for Teacher and Panama uh, by Van Halen, which are both from the the nineteen eighty four album. Um, which uh, yeah, those are great. I mean, I did Spotify also did like a, a playlist of like the what was it like my hundred my top hundred songs that I, I played the most. So like you know, I guess you know looking at artists that you know that looking at songs that weren't by just the same two artists. Um, Number six, I got yeah, Black Qualls by Thundercat, featuring Steve Lacey, Steve Arrington, and uh, Donald Glover. Uh, Rocket Man by Elton John. Uh, King of the Hill by Thundercat. Rocket Fuel by DJ Shadow and De La Soul. Um, yeah, and then it just yeah, there's a lot of uh, a lot of Elton John, Van Halen, and Thundercat after that. <laughs> Trying to find something that's not by those guys. Um, oh, I got yeah, Fleet Foxes. Can I believe you? Um, Dreams by Fleetwood Mac, obviously, because that song was everywhere this year. Uh, the Pink Room by Angelo Badalamenti from the uh, Twin Peaks Fire Walk With Me soundtrack. That was, the, I think, <laughs> that was another thing that made me laugh. It was just like that, that stat where it's like your top genres this year, and it's got like the top five genres you listen to. And I think number five for me was just soundtrack, because I, d- <laughs> I did listen to a lot of uh, movie and TV soundtracks this year. <laughs> Uh, but I like that it's that's just a genre on its own, apparently, just soundtrack. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> my my, uh, my top five is again rather inaccurate anomaly because I have barely used it. So it's got like three songs from one album, which was uh, a bit, oh, yeah. bit, and then uh, if I saw you again by Pages, which is uh, hmm. got a great intro. I, I really like that song. Uh, synths kind of great, great, great intro. Oh hell yeah, I love it. And uh, yeah, so I'd, my my YouTube, if any YouTube did the same sort of thing, it would probably be a bit more accurate of what I listen to these days, because that's basically where I go for like, it's basically where like a yeah. lot of um obscure seventies records or eighties records people upload them to YouTube. And so there are channels now more or less dedicated to just finding that sort of stuff. Just subscribe to those. And, but yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, there is, because that's the other thing. Spotify, there, like, Spotify has like 95% of all music, but it is annoying when you come, when you're, you're looking for something that's in that 5% that's not there. Like I've, uh, 
I've been looking for like the Ramones is a big one. They, they don't have all of the Ramones albums. I think there's some. I don't know which. I don't know which period it is. It's like something like I guess in the eighties uh, through to the, like the early nineties, like whatever label they were on then. Um, there's a bunch of stuff missing. Like I was, I was trying to listen to uh, Too Tough to Die recently, and that's that's not on Spotify. So you kind of you got to go to YouTube to listen to that if you want to listen to it. Um, it. Yeah, it's it's annoying when when Spotify either can't get the right something or take stuff down. Um, yeah. Um, was there any, I, well, anything else in terms of the Spotify end of year crap that you want to talk about? Or should we do some cultural appropriation and get into some more stuff that we, uh, that we like? Uh, cultural appropriation. Yeah. Okay. This is a uh, cultural appropriation. So, uh, this is, uh, the bit of the show where we, um, yeah, we, we recommend, I mean, we, you know, our Spotify uh, uh, end of year lists were sort of largely populated by things we've recommended previously um, in this segment. But yeah, cultural appropriations where we recommend some stuff that you might like. Um, so yeah, Lawrence, what do you got? Uh, this week went a bit kind of 70s soft rock like I do, and I'm going to recommend uh, Super Tramp, a Crime of the Century. Uh, that's, I've been listening to that album. Uh, I really like it. And um, yeah, I'm sure people would have super trap. And another different thing uh, I listened to today on Radio 4 Extra um, a program on Elanis who died, I think, was maybe a year ago. Not, not, maybe this sort of time, actually. Uh, Sorry, I, the, you cut out there for a second. On who? Neil, Neil Innes. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. famously yeah. of the Ruttles and Bonzo uh, Dog Band. Bonzo Dog Band, yeah. And uh, it was a oh dear, not me. And uh, there was a little uh, program on him on Radio Four Extra. It's called uh, I think it's Three Parts uh, series. Just the first part today. It was called uh, it's called Dip My Brain in Joy, and it's presented <laughs> by the woman who plays uh, Philomena Kunk on Charlie Brooker. Can't remember a name. Uh, Diane Morgan or something like that. Yeah, Diane something. Yeah, yeah, I think that's it. Diane Morgan. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. She she's presenting the show and yeah, it's was, it was, it was, you know I, I like Neil Innes and Bonzo Dog and Rattles. That's cool. Yeah, Neil, I mean yeah, Neil Innes fucking rocked. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'd like to recommend this week. Just those two things. I was cool. Uh, not sure whether I wanted to recommend King Crimson because I've always been listening to. Um, the, that album, what's it called? The Night of the Crimson King, whatever it's called. I was listening to that, but Court of the Crimson King. Court, yeah, yeah. yeah, I was listening to that. <laughs> so I don't know whether our listeners would be into that kind of more um, prog rock. I mean, if you're recommending Super Tramp, you might as well yeah. fucking <laughs> recommend King Crimson. Let's not let's not split hairs here. I don't know why I'm so obsessed with King Crimson. I don't know why it's because you know he uh, Robert Fripp didn't. He grew up in like. In in uh, don't want to dox myself, but he didn't grow up too far from where. Uh, he's, yeah, he's a local boy. Yeah, he's he? local. From, yeah, from where we are. And so it's so yeah. weird to me. Wink. That like, oh my god, this guy. He's he's like, he like grew up like ten fifteen minutes away from me. <laughs> but yeah, but um, he's like good. Yeah, <laughs> and my my relatives have said like, oh yeah, we used to like know his mum or whatever. We used to like hear him 
practicing or whatever. I just don't know people who knew him or whatever. Yeah. It was yeah, that's so, like, so, so uh, weird. Quit, what? Quit noodling around with those frippertronics. Yeah. That's so random. Um. And yeah. <laughs> um. That's cool. Yeah. That yeah. King Crimson are, are cool. Um. Looks like Man United are now losing to uh, PSG, and oh, they've had no. uh, a player sent off. Uh, Fred is uh, two yellow cards. So. Fingers crossed PSG can hold out. Um, my recommendations, I'm going to recommend um, something that is, it's, may, it, it, it's maybe a little time consuming, but I think it's worth it because it's not going to be around much longer. So as, as we're in, you know, December 2020, um, you know, if you use the internet at all, you probably have seen a notification on your browser saying that uh, from the end of December 2020, Flash is no longer going to be supported hmm. um, on, on you know, the internet as a whole, um, which is a shame because, you know, there's lots of cool, like, Flash-based stuff from, like, the early internet days, um, you know, kind of those, like, late 90s, early 2000s um, animations and interactive stuff. And I think that probably the best example of that, probably the kind of the best example of kind of what made Flash so cool um is the homestar runner stuff nice. like the, the homestar runner cartoons and the just the website in general um is so much i mean it's it just really great like internet cartoons very just funny funny stuff great you know characters and lots of funny jokes though i love the way that they uh you know not to get not to get too um you know jerry seinfeld and getting comedians with cars and coffee and whatever the show is called but i i love the way that they you know they they, they play with language a lot you know they, there's a lot of kind of portmanteaus and weird little bits of wordplay and pop culture references They're and gonna stuff find um, where i get my jokes now <laughs> no not really. yeah yeah that's yeah a lot of i think yeah people that kind of like grew up through their teenage years or, or younger kind of watching homestar runner um it is a very kind of formative part of kind of like you know developing your sense of humor i know it was for me and my sister um and yeah probably for for lawrence too and yeah loads of loads of people that, that we know um but yeah loads of funny little cartoons and just the, the, like i said the way the website in general is is designed you know there's you'll be watching the cartoon and you can interact with stuff in that you know you can click on things on the screen in the cartoon and it'll bring up little easter eggs you know little funny images or text things or you can cut to it you know different these get to the end of the cartoon and click on something on the screen there'll be like a little like you know 10 second bonus bit of the cartoon at the end or whatever or if you're clicking around on the menus there'll be like little hidden things you can find little secret things and easter eggs or they got they had all these games on the website as well the interactive games like peasants quest was always really fun that was sort of like a you know version of like those early kind of 16-bit or 8-bit um video games where was it king's quest or whatever where you yeah. You play a peasant and you got to go around doing all this, you know, collecting all these things, doing all this stuff. You eventually have to fight the Trogdor, the dragon and stuff. And yeah, yeah, just so much cool stuff. stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. Lim <laughs> Talking about Van Halen. Yeah. It's like, you know, there's like a sort of parody of those sort of 80s metal bands called Limousine. There's like one of the cartoons where they have a Saturday morning cartoon. And uh, <laughs> it, it's such a kind of just a... It really kind of nails everything about like those sort of '90s era uh, Saturday morning cartoons. Um, it yeah, just just so great, so much great stuff. There's like 
I think it's 20 years or so they've been going now. There's 20 years worth of uh, of just brilliant stuff on there, really funny stuff. And it's, you know, it's, I mean, it'll still exist on the internet. You'll be able to watch it, you know, watch the uh, the, the the cartoons and whatever on YouTube, you know, you'll be able to watch all the Strong Bad's emails and whatever on YouTube, but you won't have that kind of, that fun little like interactivity of, you know, finding the Easter eggs for yourself. You know, it won't be like you're kind of interacting with the world um, as much, um, which is, which is a shame. So get that while you can check out the just homestarrunner.com to quote the man himself, homestarrunner.net. It's dot com. Um, <laughs> I hope somebody. Uh, so yeah, check out. Uh, yeah. I hope somebody geniuses out there are archiving it in a way that we can still somewhat interact and stuff. I don't know whether that's possible. Yeah. Hopefully someone out there is doing I hope that. so, yeah. I hope it, it survives in, in that form somehow. I mean, it, like I said, it's it, obviously it's not going away entirely, but it's just, it's a shame that it's, you know, the the original format that it was created and designed in and, you know, lived yeah. in for, for 20 years um, is going away and all that's going to be left is is YouTube. I think you, we can H- blame Steve Jobs for that, I believe. It, I, I, yeah. H- was it H? Was they call it HTML5 or HTML5? HTML or whatever killed. Yeah. yeah. I think it, uh, yeah, I, I believe, I remember reading something, Limmy saying that it was basically like, yeah, Steve Jobs refused to make Macs or something. There was some model of, of Mac that was like, he refused to make it Flash compatible. Hmm. Um, and as like iPhones and Mac technology and Apple technology kind of took over the market. Um, yeah, it just, you know, Flash just became less and less used because it wasn't compatible with the predominant tech i guess of of the time and so steve jobs basically killed flash um which is uh the worst thing steve jobs has ever done unless you google him for 10 seconds and then you (laughs) uh (laughs) you know find out literally anything else about him um so yeah, fuck you, Steve Jobs. But yeah, check out Homestar Runner while it's while it's still there for you to check it out because that's that's a lot of fun. Fire up the old desktop computer or the old laptop, and um, yeah, just just spend. You can literally spend like two hours. Um, you know, I, I'm not saying you have to, but you you know you can you can lose an entire afternoon just clicking around, watching through stuff on there. It's uh, it's so so great. Um, the other thing I recommend is, uh, weirdly, another radio series. Um, I believe it's a Radio 4 series. Uh, Mark Steele. Mark Steele's in town is the name of it. It's um, a, a really interesting series by uh, comedian Mark Steele where he'll go and do a show in like a small town somewhere in the UK, and he'll just do half an hour of material entirely about that town. Um, and it's, it's really interesting. I mean, it's, Mark Steele's one of those guys kind of like Chris Morris in that it genuinely frightens me how smart he is. Like that he is like, you know, if he wasn't a comedian, he probably would be a fellow at some prestigious university or college somewhere. Like he, he's clearly one of the world's smartest men. Um, he, you know, obviously he does a lot of research for this show, you know, wherever it is, where he's going to, you know, I listened to one recently where he was in Kings Lynn. Um, he's done Stratford upon Avon. Um, he did. Oh, what was that? Um, that town that Dominic Cummings got busted going to um, in, oh, I in Durham or wherever it was, Barnard Castle. Um, he did a show from there. He did a show from there about five years ago, and like his whole thing was that like nobody knows where you are, and obviously that's aged terribly because 
now everybody knows where it is because Dominic Cumming uh, went there during the lockdown. Um, but yeah, it's uh, very interesting, very funny. I mean, that's the important thing. Like Mark Steele isn't um, not in the mold, very much not in the mold of those sort of Radio 4 comedians that are just very kind of smug and, uh, you know, saying stuff that sounds uh, kind of edgy or whatever, but is that ultimately very kind of just toothless and centrist. Um, Mark Steele's kind of, you know, a confirmed lefty. Uh, but he's also, yeah, very, very smart, very funny man. And he obviously, like I said, he obviously does a shit ton of research, but it seems as though he knows a lot of this stuff before he gets to the tech. Cause I don't know how long in advance he shows up, you know, it, it, it how long in advance he does the research for these things. But it, it feels like, like I said, he does a full half an hour of stand up just about the history of the places he's in, you know, the local landmarks there, whatever weird feud the town has with the other nearby weird town. Um, he'll, you know, like look into that, uh, you know, he'll, he's, he's got jokes ready to go about all of that stuff. That's very specific. Um, so that, yeah, that's a really interesting series. If uh, you can check it out, it's all on, you know, BBC sounds or whatever. Mark Steele's in town. Um, very interesting, very funny show from Mark Steele. Like I said, probably one of the smartest men in the country and also arguably one of the best standups working in Britain today, I'd say. Um, so yeah, check that out. Um, is there any Bigfoot updates? Uh, I haven't checked, but I assume not. <clears throat> hope so. Hope uh, everyone has watched the rock documentary that uh, I recommended because uh, I'll, I'll be testing you. I'll be, uh, if I ever see you, I'll be testing. Oh, you're going to you. finally do a quiz. You're going to. Well, so you're you're going to organise a quiz about the documentary for next week. Yeah, that's, for our yeah. I'll do a. Complete. I'll do a. Let's try to do a. I'll do a quiz. Oh, okay, I'll do a quiz. We'll we'll work out some kind of uh, thing where yeah we'll uh, you ask the question we'll leave a gap for the uh, the audience to answer and then we'll determine whether they got it right or not. Um, so yeah. <laughs> um, so that's enough for this week, isn't it? I think that's, yeah. We you know nearly um, nearly uh, hour uh, nearly an hour forty hour thirty five or so. <clears throat> yeah, I don't, I don't think you pigs deserve any more. Um, certainly not without paying us. Um, so yeah, if you like this, we're on social media in various forms. Uh, me and Lawrence, both on Twitter. Uh, I'm at Ollie Munster. Lawrence is IB online. That's yep. I B E online. Um, and, uh, yeah, we're at, uh, the podcast is also on Twitter at junior funners. We're on Facebook. We've got a Facebook page. You can follow along there. And, uh, if you want to interact with the show in some way, you can email us. Um, we haven't really gotten any mail uh, in the last several months other than uh, Dropbox advising us that we've almost run out of cloud storage. So if you want to get in touch and just say, hey, how you doing? Um, you know, we need content. We've got to, this, this, yeah. <laughs> this, uh, this podcast doesn't fill itself, you know? So just send us something. God, God damn it. Send us something. Um, that email address, juniorfunners at gmail.com. Um, we'll be back eventually. Bye.